Hi, everybody. This is The Simpsons Show. I'm Robbie with my co-host, Matt, and we are here to talk about The Simpsons from the beginning. Matt, how are you? I am fantastic. Going to go to the carnival and win me a new Hitler car. Ooh. Yeah. I don't... Don't... I'm not... I don't... The, I don't, it, that made me feel uh, slightly uncomfortable. Uh, hi, guys. Aww. We are brought to you by our supporters of Patreon. You can support us by going to patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show for only $2 a month. Get access to all of our bonus content. Uh, help keep the lights on. Help keep the show going. We definitely appreciate it. Uh, you can also leave us reviews on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Google Play Music or any of those places or any place you listen to podcasts. It helps us out. Uh, tell your friends all those things. Do appreciate it. We can move on. This week's episode it is Bart Carney, episode 5F08, originally aired January 11th, 1998. We're in 98 now, Matt. We've moved ahead. Ooh, 1998, that far-off future. <laughs> I, I, was, I, was, I was still 12. Oh, you're a little baby. I, I, was, I was, I believe, 50. <laughs> I was a, a very awkward 12-year-old. Uh, this episode written by John Swartzwater, directed by Mark Kirkland, finished 13th in the ratings for that week. Approximately 11.7 million, million viewing households. Highest ratio of... Oh, making it the highest rated episode of season nine. Wow. This is the highest, Whoa, rated, really? highest rated episode of the season. Tied with King of the Hill is the second highest rated show on Fox that week, following the X-Files. So, it was number two. Tied with King, with, tied with King of the Hill, behind the X-Files, highest rated episode of the season. I can believe that. Yeah. I mean, not every episode has Jim Varney in it. Well, Jim Varney is a big draw. Ernest was very popular in the late 90s. Yeah, I think he was... I, I want to say that by that point, it was starting to wane. The Ernest movies were starting to... You don't say. Yeah, I think so. Uh, the couch gag, the family goes to sit down. The couch gets pulled back. Nelson appears from behind saying, ha-ha, as he does. So clever. It's fine. Uh, guest stars... The episode does guest star Jim Varney as, as Cooter, which... They designed a very good character for Jim Varney. It really fits his 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 personality. Like people in the South love the name Cooter. Uh, I knew a lot of guys growing up named Cooter, which tells you something about where I grew up. But you know, that's just it's the way things go, I guess. Uh, but it, it fits him. Uh, Jim Varney's thing was always that you know, not necessarily Southern, but like super blue collar, kind of Southern, not very smart character. And in this case, he's like that, but he's also shifty, which you know Jim Varney does well. Yeah, he's, I mean, uh, which one of the Ernest movies does he play, like, a, the evil version? He plays, like, a slimeball character that looks exactly like Ernest. Which one of those? He plays... You no, know, I, I, I've literally only seen Ernest Goes to Camp and Ernest Saves Christmas. The only two I've ever seen. I'm trying to remember. Maybe it's Ernest Goes to Jail is the one he plays, like, a slimeball version of himself, of Ernest. That I can also believe. And I, that, it, that's, that's kind of, it's a little bit... Closer. I mean, he's a little bit. Uh, I, I guess Cooter is not a very complicated man, so I don't really. I can't necessarily compare. But Jim Varney uh, did a great job in this episode. Uh, episode starts with Marge trying to get uh, Sansa the Helper to poop in the backyard. Which I is it? Does Sansa the Helper ordinarily not poop in the backyard? Why is it so? Is it only because it's so uh, overgrown? Is that is Sansa the Helper won't do it? That's kind of what I assume. I know. I know my dog, loving creature that she is, is very picky about the grass she poops, and it cannot be over about four inches high. All right. I. I mean, I can't blame the dog. I, I suppose you know you, you got your routine. You don't want it to be broken up by long grass poking you in your butt. Can't be pleasant. 
I mean, pooping outside is never really pleasant anyway, unless you find the perfect spot. So, you know. What? I, I'm, I'm <laughs> with the dog. No, I don't know, Matt. I don't, you know. What, what do you mean, poop it? I don't, I don't poop outside, ever. Well, neither do I, Zero but I mean, times. think about it. All those distractions, animals walking by, there's rain, Animal. there's heat. I mean, animals that's the one great thing by? Well, are, yeah, I mean, I squirrels and birds and things. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. Let's, let's, okay. Uh, the, they, uh, the kids are supposed to keep out the backyard. Apparently that is what March tells us. And, uh, they are being extraordinarily lazy, uh, not even wanting to change the channel on the television or move. Uh, and they want their allowance. Allowance day. Ding, 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 ding. You don't deserve an allowance. Sure we do. Ding, 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 ding. Ice cream man. Ice cream man. That backyard is a disgrace. Now get busy. That's a good suggestion, Mom. We'll take it under advisement. But I can't go out dressed like this. What if someone sees me? You're just going into our backyard. No one will see you. Ha! Ha! That's a good gag. Uh, And also, Homer, going for the ice cream man, also great. I really do. uh, I I like this episode. I I think I think it's very funny. Uh, the kids debate who should cut off whose hands so they don't have to do the chores. Well, obviously, I mean, you know, that's the that's the hardest thing to come up with is in any type of prisoner's dilemma is who's going to cut off whose hands or kill who. You know, it's a l- you, you you don't want to be the one left holding the bag or hands, as it were. I, I might be a little short sighted. Hands are good. I like I like my hands. They they do things for me. No, we 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 give up on the hands. Yeah, we we pretty much give up. Oh, okay. They, I mean, they do enable you to do chores, so who needs them? Exactly. I mean, that's 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 just gonna bring down your whole day. Yeah, the kids eventually refuse to do the chores. Uh, Marge, uh, is upset. She continues to be upset. She basically stays upset this entire episode. Honestly, that's Marge's thing in this episode. Which, <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I always have a few problems with, but she rolls with it. Yeah, it's it's not honestly the best but it works well enough in the structure of this episode and the 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 carnival's in town they drives by and with trucks and i don't i don't i don't i don't ever recall that ever happening in real life i don't think i've ever seen a carnival truck i know they exist you haven't oh my god it's terrifying i know they exist i just never seen them i with their old terrible rides and uh they're incredibly awful rides. You're just like, oh man, that comes apart in that many pieces. I don't want to be anywhere near that when I'm, it falls apart again. Uh, no, I'm sure it's very safe. Uh, but the kids are not going to have money to go to the carnival until Homer gives them all of his money to go to the carnival. The family goes to the carnival. Of course, they end up at the carnival. Uh, <laughs> they see uh, their first ride. It's called the Tooth Chipper, which is great. I mean, it's a perfect name. It is. I mean, I probably too accurate, honestly. Uh, and Homer goes on a, a a little bit of a monologue about how great carnies are. Who, who, me first. You can't go on that. You have a heart condition. Heart condition? Get out of here. You had a quadruple bypass. You nearly died. Don't you remember? Obviously, I don't. Now, if you'll get out of my way. But it doesn't look safe. And the guy running it looks a little seedy. No offense. None taken. He's not just some guy, Marge. He's a carny and part of a noble tradition. Carnies built this country. 
the carnival part of it anyway. And though they may be rat-like in appearance, they are truly kings among men. Okay, let's go, Fatty. Yes, sir. A lot of, <laughs> there's a lot of carny talk in this one, Matt. There is, and I just, I don't want to be mean, but they really seem to rag on carnies a lot. They do, and I, there is a, I, I saw some reactions online to this, long-term reactions, like, down the road. Like, multi- people of our ilk uh, talking about how this episode is bad and gross because how mean it is to carnies. And I don't think it's that bad because for every time they make fun of the uh, uh, mostly Cooter and Spud, they also make fun of Homer and the family, oftentimes more so. Yes, oftentimes very much more so. And it's it's not as bad in the family's case. Uh, they really make fun of Carnies for a few things. Uh, one being dirty, rude, and shiftless. And they make fun of the family for different things. So it does kind of worry me about this. Because I'm just like, man, you're really hitting at a, a segment of the population that probably doesn't watch The Simpsons and you know can't fire back in any meaningful way. But I don't know. It, I don't. I don't. I put it on my mind and just laughed. I don't. I can't. Like there are instances of the show, and especially in these in the Scully years, where it's really mean, and I just go, "Oh, that's why are you taking a swig at at that." Like there's no reason to 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 insult those people, but like I just can't muster up outrage for some jokes about carnies. Let's. I, like I don't know. I'm I'm sure there's plenty of nice. Carnies that are nice people, and frankly, we really only see uh, a handful of them in this. Like, really, only Cooter and Spud really get any meaningful amount of time as and and who are independently kind of gross people. But I don't think it has anything to do. I don't know if they are. I don't know. The, I don't think the episode's making the statement all Carnies are bad. It didn't feel like that to me. No, they're just. It's basically saying that these particular carnies and also the guy who does the riot Homer was talking about and the guy who ran the haunted house and the rich Texan, who is apparently the guy who runs the carnival, are bad. So there is Fantastic Dan and the camel with the hat that can talk. They're they're okay. <laughs> well, I don't – the guy who runs the screamatorium, which we're about to get to, he looks like a normal guy. You know, he's not dressed up in like – uh, you know, like – quote unquote the carny like he doesn't look like Cooter or Spud. He's wearing a suit and he and he talks like a normal guy. Like he's he's you know, he has a different a completely different cadence. And I don't I don't think it's outrageous to like to make the claim that carnivals rip people off. That is what they are that's what they're made for. There's what that's the two things carnivals do. They sell you fried food that's terrible for you but tastes delicious. And they rip you off. The rides aren't as good as they say they are, and you can't win the carnival games. I'm like, that's like I literally just saw an article yesterday about on I don't know, some life hacker or something about how carnival games cheat people. I don't think like that's not outrageous. Oh, yeah. How to avoid being cheated by them? I mean, that's just that's okay. I kind of feel like with carnival games, that may not be half the fun, but it's a decent portion of the fun is trying to outweigh with something you know you're they're attempting to cheat you at. The only way to play, the only way to win is not to play, Matt ideally but some people like to try and beat the system these are the same people who gamble and lose i don't mind gambling as long as i'm getting them free drinks you sit you sit are you are you really i mean yeah you go you go to uh you go to a a nice casino you go sit at a at a nice little a a lace a slight a slightly secluded corner of a you know you get a nice little slot machine 
Uh, and you just pump in the slowest amount of money you possibly can and make the people bring you free beverages <laughs> for as long as you can. Or you go to a, a blackjack table with a, a low minimum, and you also get free drinks. Well, yeah, because uh, you have to pretend you're, you're one of the high rollers. I mean, that's like all, that's all I can do in my life, man, okay? I, all I can do is pretend I'm one of the high rollers. You know, it makes me feel better very momentarily. Uh, speaking of this crematorium, Bart and Lisa go through the haunted house ride, which is my favorite part of the episode. Fear. Fear in the pit of your stomach. No surgeon can save you. No bromo can soothe you. Do you dare enter the screamatorium of Dr. Frightmarestein? Only two tickets left. Two tickets? Whoa, what a break. This isn't very scary. I haunt your blood. Um, I think that one's broken. That was just confusing. Behold, <laughs> the ravages of age. Boo! Exit to your left. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> At least he has some shame about it. Yeah, he is aware of what it is. Uh, the the skeleton that that he hauls like a donkey really great uh the ravages of age is honestly is the scariest of all the things inside the haunted house i also like the dracula that is just a spring well you know at some point it was a uh, probably something and then it just went eh. and they, uh, it lost the dracula part of it uh we see homer strolling through the carnival and we meet we we see cooter for the first time cooter and spud who are working the ring there i i this priest I don't really, I don't know how carnivals work in real life, Matt. Okay, I'm gonna open myself up here. I have no idea how carnivals what? really work. I know it's a, I, it's just something I've just never looked into. It, but this presupposes that Cooter and Spud own the ring toss game, like that's it's theirs, and they just travel with the carnival with their ring toss game. I think it's more of like, um, you know how hairdressers work, uh, or, or barbers or stylists, whatever you want to call them, uh, to where they most of them basically they don't work for the actual place they're in they just rent a spot uh, they rent a chair and some tools but they all have their own tools and everything i think it's like that they have their game they own it uh but they pay for a spot in the carnival to i guess the rich texan or whatever that's kind of how i feel like this is set up that is as good as explanation as i could possibly provide so now it is the god's honest truth complete and total 100 percent uh yep. cooter's looking for pigeons as he calls them which i would guess marks in carny terms, people who can easily be uh, taken, be deprived of their money. And uh, he sees Homer, and Homer is literally holding cash in his hand as he walks through the carnival. Well, where else do you put cash, Robbie? My pocket, honestly, is where I keep my money. Oh, I don't. Yeah, I, guess. I don't want to like. Well. I don't want to give myself away to all the thieves listening. But I keep my money in my pocket. Actually, I keep my debit card in my pocket, honestly, and. I don't even have any. I don't even have any yeah. Canadian money in my. I have American money in my in my wallet. It doesn't make any sense. I wow. I don't. I can't spend it here. I can't use it. It's it's useless. It's just paper. I'll save it for Christmas, I suppose, when I travel. Uh, Homer tries the ring toss. He's really really good at it. How about you, Lucky? <gasps> Who me? Hey, Sawtop. Want your dad to win you a TV? Quick, Dad, before somebody else wins it. 
Mm-hmm. Ooh, almost. Rats, too hard. Ooh, that was close. Wow, what a scam. Sorry, son. Daddy failed. Oh, listen, pal. I, I got a son of my own. Here. A novelty comb. Kings among men. So, with all that money, he got himself a nice, fine novelty comb. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Now, Matt is no longer. Homer a does need a giant. Homer does need a giant novelty comb after all. Yeah, I mean, he's all got the, all that hair. That luscious, uh, those luscious locks. Uh, Cooter's design is modeled after David Merkin, uh, who show, who was a showrunner of seasons five and six, co-writer, oh. <laughs> worker, guy who worked on The Simpsons, um, and Spud. Spud's head is it, apparently Spud is basically a, a very like basically just designed after Bart, and just they just. Gave him a rat tail, but he also looks a little bit like that. Ki- I think he looks like that kid uh, who is gonna who wanted Bone Storm. You remember that? Yeah, he kind of does. Well, that kid had like blonde hair, and and Spud has like a grayish hair. Cooter and Spud are good at what they're what they do, you know, at making idiots like Homer give them money. Uh, we see Homer fail. Try he's going for the television as well. Why would he? Why does he want that television? What, what? What? That's not the thing I would go for. No, because it's a really old looking television. It's like 1950s vintage there. Well, it's. I think it's full of the. Bart gets. I mean, Bart, Bart and Homer get their, their giant novelty comb and they go and check out supposedly Hitler's car, which the fine folks of the uh. news group, the fine folks of the news group, uh, informed me of the fact that apparently there, this was a thing. There's a lot. There's a lot of people who claim to have Hitler's car. Uh, well, I'm sure he had lots of them. Well, they weren't. In, that's it. Like he didn't. Like he never had a car. He had the government. The German government of the time had a bunch of limousines that he drove around in. But he didn't. They're all. The, they're all the same car, and he didn't care. I guess it's just they're all. They're all his cars. Yeah. Technically, he, he was driven around, and as long as it was fancy enough, he didn't give a poop. Did not give a poop. But the, the, there were a lot of people after the end of, of World War II who, I guess, in carnivals and in various things like them, who claimed, here, come, see Hitler's car. And it was usually just, I mean, they get the look right. It would have been a, a big, giant black Mercedes. It probably would not have had uh, any kind of adornment because they basically all look, they were all blank, blank, just right. all black cars with, they'd have, you know, not Nazi flags or something on, on them. But. I don't, huh, I don't, what, Bart wrecks the car, because of course he does, he disengages the emergency brake, and somehow the car rolls and crashes, and we go to commercial. And when we come back, uh, we learn that uh, Cooter and Spud, they're, uh, well, yeah, uh, basically, uh, Bart has essentially destroyed the Hitler car, uh, so the rich Texan is going to tear him a new one. Why, you just damaged the main attraction of my carnival, son. Hey, I thought I was your main attraction. Well, I, oh, you are, Humphrey, you are. Hey, he's getting away. Not so fast, partner. You owe me some money. Hey, come on. He doesn't have any money. Look at his clothes. Mm, well, I still can't let him off the hook. You're going to work off your debt right here. At the carnival? Cool. Hey, that's not fair. I want to be a carny, too. Can I, Mr. Hunk? Can I, please? I don't know. You gonna get drunk and start a lot of trouble? Sure, anything you want. Mm, 
All right. See you tomorrow, 6 a.m. And you're going to work like you've never worked before. Woo-hoo! So, yeah, uh, Bart and Homer are really excited about working for the carnival, and they really, really shouldn't be. Uh, <laughs> uh, also, uh, we then see Bart and uh, Homer meet up with Lisa and Marge, who saw the most exciting attraction. It was a camel wearing a hat. That was it. They didn't mention he could talk. So apparently talking is not part of his act. It's just he's wearing a hat. I mean, camel wearing a hat is pretty good. It's unusual, I suppose, but you when, know. It's when, a did you last weird. See, when did you last see just a regular camel? Hmm. Oh, uh, Bruise at the Zoo two years ago, there was a camel you could hang out with. But did it have a hat on? It did not, actually. I imagine camels would be pretty hard to get a hat on, but then again, I'm just not the kind of guy who cares about a hat on an animal. You monster. I know. I really am the worst person. <laughs> I, again, and also 6 a.m.? They go to work. I didn't. Carnival work seemed like a thing, like, it goes so late at night, people would sleep in till, like, 11 or noon, and then, because the, at least it's the week, unless it's the weekend, the carnival's not open till evening time, so why, 6 a.m., jeez, that's early. It is super early, but, you know, carnival's one of those things where you have to get up, and basically you have to get up early. I imagine there's, like, a day shift and a night shift kind of thing for, like, people who clean up, but, you know... You got to get up. You got to, you know, restock all your stuff. You got a lot of work to do, and they probably open at like 10 or 11 o'clock in the morning. So it's a rough life. I mean, they don't really get into that part that much. But when you think about it, 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 it's not very fun. I mean, you do get all the fried butter you can possibly want, though, Matt. You know, that's not exactly the perk I would be looking for. Not the fried butter? No, not a big fan of fried butter. What about fried sugar? Not, Not a big fan of, honestly... When it comes to carnival food, I'm all for the corn dogs and the strawberry shortcake, and that's about it. Not no. What about uh uh the little what's the what are those things called? Why can't I think of the name of them now? The batter, it's like a cakey, it's like a it's like a flat fried batter thing where they drip these elephant ears. Yeah, elephant ears. There's another name for it. I can't think of what's the other name, Matt. Come on, why can't I ever think of the name when I need it? I have no idea where you go with this. Elephant ears is all I know. I know it. It's Funnel cake. Funnel cake is the name I'm looking for, man. Oh, funnel cake. Of course. Duh. <laughs> funnel cakes. Oh, man, I kind of fell off that No, one. <laughs> funnel cakes, but then you get the apple pie filling on top. See, I like funnel cakes. Uh, at Universal, you can actually get funnel cake with apple pie filling with ice cream on top. And now that, that is the indulgence of indulgences. That does sound pretty good. What are we talking about? The Simpsons? Oh, I don't. This is now pastry hour. I need my yeah. That's a new podcast, Pastry Hour. Oh man, Ooh, best pastries we've ever had. I haven't had dinner yet. I'm very hungry. What's what happens? Oh, what yeah. happens next, Matt? Okay, uh, so the next morning, Homer and Bart show up, and they learn about all the intricacies of being a carny. Son, if you don't finish your cotton candy, you won't get your snow cone. Ah oh, heck! Hey, you lost your money fair and square. I didn't scam nobody. Oh, put down your stick. We're here to work. Starting today, we're carnies, just like you. Well, in that case, let me show you how I scammed you. Have a seat. Spud, throw a couple more apples in the caramel. Ugh. Oh, no, don't worry. That's just to scare off thieves. Hmm. Yeah, he's telling the truth. Thanks for the food, mister. Name's Cooter. This is my boy, Spud. And there's no need to thank us. We carnival folks look out for each other. That's the carny code. Did you hear that, Bart? The carny code. 
Bart, did you hear that? Yes. So, yes, we've learned about, uh, yes, everything is a scam, and there's a carny code where they have to take care of each other and, you know, obviously pick out the rubes. Most important thing. Are the the bucket with the puke and the, the caramel puke bucket. It looks more like caramel than puke. That's the only thing that saved it for me. I and yeah, I don't know that I, Homer is a brave man at times. <laughs> I have to imagine anyone with any sense of smell would have smelled it actually being puke. I that puke has a ridiculously pungent smell. I was gonna say yeah, you you don't if you I think that's just the 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 label is just to scare people off from a distance because if you got close, I think you could tell the difference. Although. Just having a bucket of caramel lying around also seems problematic, honestly. Yeah, it would more than likely attract all kinds of insects, but you know. Maybe they're in, it's wintertime. There's no bugs around. Sure, let's go with that. And it keeps the caramel nice and viscous. Oh, that just, that uh, made me vomit a little bit. <laughs> anyway, moving along, uh, Bart and Homer, of course, don't get to do anything fun to start with. They get to clean up after the miniature horse. Or at least Bart does. Homer's in the dunking booth, and, and neither of those are very fun because apparently they don't refill the booth in between when Homer gets dunked, so he just falls to the ground. And uh, the miniature horse turns out the reason he's so tiny is because he poops everything out. And Bart <laughs> I, has like a giant mound I, of manure that I just really. Ooh. I like all these little vignettes. I really like their little adventure in the carnival. I I laughed a lot. I really enjoy every little single one of them. Yeah, I, I really did, too. The next one is the one that really gets me. Uh, I, I'm not sure a lot of people know the actual origin of the word geek, uh, but apparently it started as a carnival freak, and usually the geek's thing was to bite the head off of a live chicken, which, um, yeah, no, let's let's not do that. Why don't we just stop even thinking about that being a thing? Yeah, it was Luckily a, for Homer cir- circus geek. Geek show, that's that's where, yeah, it, it was first first used, and it was, you know, people biting off chicken heads you know it's not so bad right if you say so that seems pretty gross to me i mean it's you know it's life's hard sometimes matt sometimes you gotta find a new job new profession and that new profession is biting the heads off chickens in front of a live audience and smiling the whole time if you say so i'll just have to go with you on that one okay Um, good i like i like it when you i do like it i do like it when you blindly agree with me I don't know if I have blindly agreeing, but I am just willing to move past this discussion on something more fun. <laughs> oh, okay. Got it. Cool. But going to their AA meeting, which saves Homer and Bart, uh, so they can cover for Cooter and Spud at the ring toss game. Uh, a, there's a brief explanation uh, of where Cooter explains to Bart and Homer how it works. Turns out the rings won't fit over the things you're supposed to get. Crazy, I know. It's, it's so ingenious. Uh, luckily for everyone involved, uh, after talking to Homer for more than a minute, uh, he realizes uh, Homer's, let's say, limitations and gives the money box to Bart and they go to their AA meeting. You didn't? Oh, you didn't pull that clip, Matt? No, the only funny funny part is literally Cooter saying, I'm going to give this to you. And it didn't even say Bart's name. Oh, I mean, I guess (laughs) there is a very, it is a visual kind of uh, cue here because he really is. Well, he does it a couple times because he starts explaining things to Homer and then Homer is looking at him and vacantly and he just turns subtly to, he's like, all right. And he turns to Bart and, and I, again, like Cooter is clearly smarter than Homer in this instance. So I don't like, yes, I don't feel like they're insulting him too much. Because I I don't know he is he's a carnival he's a carnival weirdo like that that's the character I'm 
it that's I don't know I don't know how else you make a carnival weirdo like like that unless you make them weird. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> but anyway, uh so that night Bart and Homer are running the ring toss game. Bart is is on his rube game. Uh, he's doing the, the carnival barking, you know, the kind you always think about and see in the movies, uh, when he spots Skinner and Agnes. And, of course, uh, he implies that Agnes is Skinner's girlfriend, which is, um, well, it's only really disturbing because they don't really deny it. They're just like, oh, that's so well, cute. It's, uh, which, oh, come on. It's just to make, it's just, uh, uh, it's just a routine to make Agnes feel young and to, to, to was it uh i'm losing my purpose cassidy uh to to why can't compliment her to overly compliment someone is to flatter flatter he's just flattering to to get them to come over to the booth that's all it is fair enough i guess that's that's yeah all right anyway uh bart manages to get skinner actually asked bart is this game winnable bart says if i like you it is Skinner takes that as a yes because he is the dumbest person alive. And I I really like again. It's really fun and the change of of him getting browbeaten by Agnes and then with his last few rings going for the big giant knife. A good joke. Yeah, good solid. Fails at first. Agnes is like, "Oh, you're you're a loser. You're a loser." So Skinner tries to get the knife to I guess stab his mother. Ha ha! Hilarity. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's funny. I don't know. This whole episode is very silly. It's 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 ridiculous from beginning to end, and I can't like it's all tone. Like we've touched on that in the last few episodes a lot, and I feel like it's all the tone in this episode is all very consistent, and it's all very silly and dumb. And I'm all I'm on board. I love it. I really am too. Uh, you know, because like you said, it's it's all supposed to be silly. Nothing is supposed to be taken seriously. Even you know general attempted murder uh, but it's just it's the simpsons it's basically homer and bart being scammed and then attempting to scam in return uh but we'll get to that actually because uh after a little while uh police chief wiggum shows up and uh has some bad news for them uh, i hate to interrupt your fun boys but i got a few complaints that your game is crooked <laughs> and oh yeah i hate to close you down maybe we can reach a little uh understanding here I understand. Um, hey, Dad, I I think he wants... Not right now, son. Daddy's talking to a policeman. Ah, uh, let me put it this way. I'm looking for my friend Bill. Have you seen any Bills around here? No. She's Bart. Uh, 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 listen carefully and watch me wink as I speak, okay? Okay. The guy I'm really looking for, wink... Is Mr. Bribe wink wink? It's a ring toss game. Right, that's it. I'm shutting this game down. Well, ain't that something? Our game, our home. What happened here? Cops took it. What? Why didn't you bribe them? I was trying to, but the opportunity never came up. So, yes, as we see here, Homer has ruined their entire life <laughs> by not being able to pick up a signal. I, I – every – this is – Homer has done – like, they've done this joke with Homer, like, a million times. I don't – I don't care. I, I laugh every time. Every time Homer is this completely uh, – I think my brain isn't working right now, Matt. I think, I'm trying to think of words, and they're just not – they're not happening. 
Homer is like they. Uh, I think most famously Cape Fear went in the 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 lie detector the the um, the Mister Thompson. You're Mister Tom. I'm when I step on your foot. Yes, that's perfect. There's that. There's a lot of the. I mean, over the 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 seasons, there's a lot of instances, but that's the one that comes to mind. But it, I don't care. I, like certain jokes just work every time for me, and this is one of them. I I find it very delightful. And it works because this always seems to happen to Homer. And in this case, it's very organic. Homer has been shown to be an idiot this entire time. He's not trying to be mean. He's not trying to be jerk. Excuse me. He's not trying to be jerk Homer. He's just naturally dumb or oblivious, as the case may be. That's that's Uh, that's the word I was trying to think of. I think oblivious is a good word. Oh, okay, Gotcha. Gotcha. So uh, at this point, Cooter and Spud are very down in the dumps. Their home is gone. And Homer applies the carny code and invites them to stay with him. Cooter, Spud, get off that hog. You're coming to stay at our house. Why did you shudder just now, Mom? I don't know. <laughs> so, yes, Marge can feel the horribleness in the air, shudders, and we go to a commercial. I There's like, and I, 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 there's little touches in this episode that acknowledge the history the show has had and acknowledges like, yeah, they've done this. Like, and there's a joke. I mean, another joke later on about all the transients Homer's invited to live in the house. And like, there's that there's Marge realized like Marge now having like a sixth sense to figure out when Homer is doing something terrible or the, the joke about the heart attacks where Homer's like, Marge is like, you had a quadruple bypass. I'm sure. Like there's just little nods here and there, uh, callbacks that aren't really necessarily integral to the plot but do are like a wink and a nod to people who've watched the show for a long time like yeah look this is it there's a history here this acknowledgement of it even if it's not fully necessarily ever become true canon of the show (laughs) exactly um so cooter and spud are now living in the house and uh marge is gonna try and talk to homer about it you certainly have a nice house here ma'am It must have taken you years to win all this stuff. Let me get you a coaster for those feet. Hey, check this out. I can unhinge all my joints at once. Doing anything tonight, blue eyes? Ew. How long are those roustabouts going to be staying here? Oh, it won't be long. Once their resume gets out, they'll have all kinds of offers. The older one can pull out his left eye. <gasps> Little help. Pull out his eye. It's a very valuable skill in today's economy. You can make a lot of money on YouTube with that bit. Uh, 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 yeah, uh, your, your note here in our notes. Cooter and Spud are gross. Yeah, kind of. I don't know. It's just they have, you know, weird tricks they can do with their body because it's their it's their trade. You have to learn that stuff. That's sometimes. true. They, I don't know if I would call them carnival freaks, but carnival folk in general tend to have odd body quirks that they use to their advantage. The cooter also does cigarette tricks. Ooh, that one looks really painful. <laughs> well, yeah, he puts cigarettes up in certain parts of his body and they come out other parts there. I mean, it, I do like the fact that Bart asks him to do it again. He says, no, nah, I have to wait a bit for it. <laughs> it's like a, no, just, need, just goes to show you uh, that hurts it, yeah it probably doesn't feel too good uh we learned the history of the cooters is that they were on the mayflower clinging to the side of it apparently what carnival games were they running uh in jamestown is my question uh they were shooting 
uh, maze. I don't know. <laughs> that was real good improv, Matt. Really good. You're oh, top of your shut game. Up. I'm bad at this. <laughs> I'm an awful person. <laughs> uh, so the Cooters uh, at the dinner table, as they're discussing and talking about their history, they they offer uh, the Simpsons uh, some tickets to a glass bottom boat ride to make up for the fact that you know they've given up, they've given them a place to live while they're. What is the process of reclaiming a ring toss booth from the police? Can you? I that's another question I have. Like, what's the end game here? Eventually, the carnival is going to leave. I assume it- Right, but I assume it's it's kind of like getting your car towed. You have to show up and well, okay, it's it's tougher when it's been part of a crime, as it were. Uh, so you know, but, generally when things are impounded because of a crime, it, you have to wait till the out outcome of the crime. Wouldn't it could have just walked down to the police and like give Wiggum his bribe, and that's it. Just, you think so? Yeah, we. Well, yeah, that's not very. That doesn't make the plot good, so we can't do that. Uh, the Simpsons go on the glass bottom boat ride. They're, it's a very lovely boat ride, other than the fact that there are sharks where the boat is very kind of scary. I would not – dangerous attacking sharks, like Jaws sharks. Well, of course. I mean, Springfield is home to all kinds of crazy wildlife. I, I, mean, I, I suppose There are dangerous true. animals everywhere. I, yes, that's, I guess that's true. Also talking camels. Uh, the Simpsons come back. And their house is no longer theirs. I was wrong about the Cooters, Dad. They're the nicest of all the transients you've ever brought home. And yeah, 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 yeah. That's weird. The key doesn't fit. Hey, someone's boarded up our windows. Check this out. What's going on? Cooter, what have you done to our house? It's ours now. Tell us where the extra sheets are and get off our property. <gasps> They're squatting in our house. You can't do this to me. What about the carny code? <laughs> no carny code, Matt. They're really jerks. <laughs> like they just go out of their way to show how evil these two are. Uh, the Simpsons is now living in the in Bart's treehouse. Listen to him. I'm watching my television. Sitting on my couch. You better not be in my ass groove. Homer. It took me years to forge that groove. Oh, one of them's playing my saxophone. Oh, no, the spit valve. Release the spit valve. Over the sink. Over the sink. Hey, look at me. I'm a millionaire. Wow, Dad. You look like James Bond. <laughs> Hey, it's getting cold in here. Throw another one of them photo albums on the fire. Which one? Precious Moments or Treasured Memories? Quit you yapping. I'm freezing. I feel like this is the point at which we know they're evil. Because you don't just throw somebody's pictures on a fire, man. That is harsh. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think what they're trying to do is to make them look so callous that we don't feel bad about them losing th- another place they're living. Because technically it is Homer's fault they lost their beds. But I think in, in this case it is specifically like, well, we made them kind of sympathetic and now we have to reveal that no, they're actually they're bad and so it's okay for Homer and them and the Simpsons to get them out back out of their house. You know, it's not a, a situation in which oh, these people 
just needed a place to stay really badly, so they're willing to do anything. No, they were willing to stay anywhere, and they are very callous and don't care about Homer. And, you know, the Carney Code is meaningless. They care only about themselves. And to do that, they had the yeah. burnt down bird picture. I do like the fact that he calls them look like a millionaire and they look like James Bond because he's dressed like in Homer's clothes, which do not fit him. Oh, uh, well, no, they don't. That's, you know, they're, they're fancy clothes, you know? He yeah. probably them at a store. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. Uh, the Simpsons come up with a plan to get their house back. Cooter resident. I got a proposition for you, Cooter. Yeah, I'm listening. One game of ring toss. If I can throw this hula hoop onto the chimney, you'll give us our house back. If I miss, I'll sign the deed over to you. Homer, no! Oh, you'll never make it, Dad. So, we own the house legit? That's right. Deal. fella grifted you good dad well there's no shame in being beaten by the best but he didn't seem all that we were beaten by the best boy <laughs> okay two things i love homer's like cracking sounds while he's getting ready to throw things and two they were beaten by the best <laughs> yeah i mean it to be fair and i think that's what i come back around to is that this episode is kind of just saying that homer and bart really are kind of are like in the simpsons as a family kind of are the same ilk as cooter and spud they're not too different from them and i think that's what i come back around to and why i don't think it's mean at any time is like the simpsons are the same like and like that's the same thing you know like homer losing to cooter and then cooter turning around and losing to homer and cooter himself going to no, know homer is uh, he's the best that's why we lost it's it feels very much like they're the same in in a very weird way. It's just a circum, you know, set of circumstances are the only thing that, like, think back to Homer's enemy. Homer is extraordinarily lucky in life. Everything has been handed to him. Like, in another world, Homer is the guy who works at the carnival and probably enjoys his time. Well, yeah, because, I mean, that's that's one way you can be like, basically an independent businessman and, you know, be in charge of your future kind of thing. Uh, So, Cooter's Bud are... Are been are are been kicked out, uh, locked out, and Homer and the family have their house again. And look at him standing out there, no place to go. <laughs> Poor guys. Hey, what if we let him stay here for just a few days? Mom, get him away from the window. Homer, my groove. Oh, they mushed it all out of shape. All right, better put on a pot of coffee, Marge. This could take a while. And there's an extended sequence of Homer making noises as he tries to get his his groove back, so to speak. Yep, that's that's how it ends, folks. I, Homer making grunting noises on the couch. It is. I mean, but 
the I I do like the trick. I do like the fact. Uh, I like the Simpsons. That I like the ending of it where they do out trick the tricksters in a certain way. And I I it, I, I I like this episode. I think it's funny. It isn't much more than that. You know, it's not no some grand it's character. Not... There's not emotion in it really, but it's it's funny. It's enjoyable. It is. We basically have two criteria essentially for um, uh, Simpsons episode. They have to be funny and they have to be heartfelt. This episode definitely leans to- more towards the funny. The heartfelt, not so much. So again, it's probably one of those good episodes that just it doesn't reach the precipice of greatness. Who's we, Matt? You got a mouse in your pocket? Uh, indeed, I do. Actually, I have uh, several. Oh, okay. It's for the cats, right? Toys, right? Yes. Um. I don't know. I don't. I don't have like grand feelings about it. I just. I like Jim Varney in it. I think he does a good job. I like uh, Cooter and Spud. I like the jokes in it. I like the, all the carnival stuff that Bart and and Homer get up to. I think it's very. It's a funny episode. I think Swartz. It's a Schwartzwelder episode, you know. And I think it's much better than the last Schwartzwelder episode, which was the Cartridge Family. Uh, and this because this one doesn't isn't going for something grand. It is simply like, Hey, let's just be silly and, and have fun and tell a lot of jokes. Uh, I laughed a lot at it. Um, we'll rank it at the end of the show. Uh, no submissions for my favorite episode. However, if you do have a favorite episode, simply send in your submission to simpsonshowpod at gmail.com explaining why a certain episode is your favorite. And when I read it when, or when we get to it, I'll read it on air. Next up, Matt, you know what time it is, right? Ooh, I think I do. It's time for comments in the news. Well, I'm, trying, I'm trying out some new material, man. Give me a break. I got it. Good, good. Okay, here we are. Alt.nerd.obsessive. Comments in the news group is where I'll comb through the old alt.tv.simpsons news group and see what people were talking about the week or two after an episode debuted. They thought this one was good to mediocre. They a little. They thought it was uneven, which I can I can understand it. the The third act is really long compared to the first and the second. It's a little, it's pacing is strange. And the opening is the very, very, the very, a very good example of let's start off with a random thing and then jump into the actual plot. It is. um, Okay. I'm I'm trying to think of the way to phrase this. I think the story kind of has to be that way because I can't really see any time when uh, any way this story could have worked out where they redistributed the time in a more interesting manner. Cause like, the first act is establishing the carnival and you meet Cooter and Spud. In the second act, the bad thing happens and they have to, the Simpsons have to help. And the third one, it's, it's like the opposite of a redemption arts, the Simpsons cracking the nut of truth and having to get out from under it. I mean, I really, I'm trying to think really hard about this. And I can't think of any way to cut anything from this. Oh no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't cut it. I probably would just structure it differently. I would structure it so that the third act starts after they are locked out of their house. That's where I would I would have a, the end of Act Two would be have more time would be them would be Cooter and Spud laughing and them being locked out of the house and then then I would move I would cut I, I, that's how I would do it you know that's what everyone likes to hear is me twenty years down the road telling you how it would change the show but I think that's what I would do for the pacing but it's not a big deal. Like, I don't, it's not like it, the episode success hinges on it. And I think that's what the reviews, of the news group basically say is that I, I, you know, it's not, 
it's a, probably a good thing that we didn't do uh, all singing on dancing because the news group absolutely despised it. They hated it. I'm shocked. Shocked. I know. They, I'm not that shocked. I mean, it's not that shocking, but I mean, they they really hated the rapper around the clip show. They hated the the singing and dancing with Snake and all that stuff. You know, all the setups. I don't. I think it's fine. Like we didn't do it because it's mostly a clip show, but. They really didn't. They thought this one was fine. Uh, I don't know. It's, I, I think I agree. It's good. It's good, not great. Um, there is a little interesting bit, tidbit here, along with the Hitler car stuff, which I already talked about. Uh, someone sent in uh, a, or posted about a catalog they had. Remember catalogs, Matt? Catalogs. catalogs. Oh, were those like the phone books, but with stuff in them? Yeah, they were phone books, except you ordered stuff from them. Uh, I, I, I'll just read it. I was trying to clean up the large pile of mail that piled up over the past couple of months when I came across a catalog called Bits and Pieces. I was thumbing through it and was surprised to find several Simpsons products for sale. There's a Simpsons talking clock, AM, FM radio, forty nine ninety five, batteries not included. A Bart Simpson talking alarm clock, twenty nine ninety five, batteries not included. A Simpsons chess set, thirty two ninety five, on sale from thirty nine ninety five, batteries not. Why would you need Ooh. batteries for a chess set? That doesn't. What? It tracks your score electronically, obviously, Robbie. I'm not. I ain't no fancy chess player. Uh, Simpsons checkers, twenty one ninety five on sale from twenty four ninety five, and and four different kinds of Simpsons watches, thirty twenty nine ninety five for the regular with either Bart, Homer, or the family, and forty nine ninety five for a Bart watch that glows in the dark. Batteries included. Whoa, batteries included. That never happens. It never happens. Uh, bits and pieces still does exist. They're just internet, basically, now. You can order a catalog from them if you want one. Oh, my goodness. They look kind of like a think geek. They're basically a think geek. Well, you know, think geek's probably eating their lunch, and they're like, we were sharper image, let's try and work this around. I guess think geek's going good. They have their own stores now, I suppose that means something, right? Aren't they owned by GameSpot? They are owned by GameSpot. Okay, that's why they have their own stores now. They're like, huh, we all these GameSpot stores that aren't making any money. Let's turn them to think geek stores. Game stop, not not game spot. Yeah, stop. Whatever. Those stores, no one goes into. I go in there a very rare occasions, <laughs> and then get assaulted with questions about pre-orders. Uh, no, thank you. Uh, but that's I just Simpsons merchandise. Remember when we were inundated with merchandise from every pop culture product all the time? I'm pretty sure we still are. No, we are now, but we weren't at the time. Is what I'm saying because we, oh, I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. the internet didn't exist in the way it does now. <laughs> <laughs> you know they don't have ads that you know they don't look at they weren't looking at your google searches in fine-tuning adver, adver, advertisements for you that's about it we can move on it's time for listener question of the week let's try one more number <gasps> yellow kbbl is gonna give me something stupid well hot dog we have a wiener yellow the listener question of the week this week is would you recast phil hartman and if so with who Ooh, Matt's already for- Matt forgot there was a Matt forgot we had the question uh over the over the week it it took one week and Matt forgot everything that happened he's like a goldfish Matt forgets everything it's the way it is uh lots of good answers I appreciate everyone who takes the time first from Jessica if they are going to do it uh the only one to do it is Billy West he can do an impression of Phil Hartman but also probably do an impression of Phil Hartman doing those characters wasn't Billy West and weren't uh Billy West and Phil Hartman friends which means he can give it the proper respect it deserves. Uh, Zach Billy West can do decent enough, uh, decent enough riff as Zach Brannigan, but to recast Ray McClure and Lionel, that's be like a bad court thingy. I mean, mistrial. 
AJ, I don't think he could have. Uh, if you had to do one more episode and send off his various roles, Billy West has had done great work, but I think, like Mrs. K, their characters should be retired, and the legacy of some of the best voices on the show can go untainted. Uh, Gaspar, I think they could, they could because I think most performers subscribe to the idea of the show must go on. I just think the next voice actor must do an exact seamless voice impression of Hartman's performances of the characters. Uh, Brian, no, but I also wouldn't have put his character's head on a pike, but they did that. I wouldn't put it past them. Uh, from Izzy, out of respect for his legacy, no, but if I had to cast someone, I would have to go with Billy West. Billy West is a very popular answer, and I I think that's a it's a suitable replacement. Uh, Carrie at CIC sixty six. I would not recast. However, do a brother of Lionel Hutz keep him intact and cast Albert Brooks as his brother Albert Hutz? I don't think you're. Gonna oh, get now him. that would be interesting. I don't think you're ever going to get Albert. I don't. I don't think Albert Brooks ever going to do the show again. Unfortunately, but I think he'd be great. Uh, Lizzie at the Liz McDee. Yes, Paul F. Tompkins. Which I think I think Paul F. Tompkins mm. could also do it because I or I'm gonna I have an answer. Uh, Scaroline at Karolinski. After all this time, no, there's no voice that could compete. Danny at Wush DDH. Can't they do a Force Awakens and take previous lines Phil Hartman has said and make new lines? I'm sure Seth. Oh, oh burn! Uh, I'm sure Seth MacFarlane would do it. Oof. I'm sure he would too. Uh, Zach at Zach Kowalski. Yes, and go with Billy West. Zach Bregan was already taking over Phil Hartman, who was originally cast, would have been a good fit. Uh, Brandon, a funny film fan. No, but Troy McClure and Lionel Hutz can have brothers or sons. It's true. Alex, no replacing Lionel Hutz, Troy McClure, any of the other characters feel voiced. Kind of glad Simpsons is one of the few shows you actually retire characters once their VO passes. Uh, finally, from Mason, I think Billy West would be the obvious choice to replace the magnificent Phil Hartman. His Zap Brannigan voice is chosen in memory of Hartman since he was the original choice. I mean, his impression isn't spot on, so maybe that could be edited in post by changing the pitch. Or even if they didn't, it would still be a bit off, but most voices in the show now are anyway. Which is, yeah, sad but true. Um, what's your answer, Matt? Oh, wait, wait, wait. Also, lots of people just said no. Just no, 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 no. So I didn't, I didn't pull all of those, but your voices are heard. All you knows who just feel like, who rejected out of hand. No, we're not recasting Phil Hartman. Sacrilege. Okay, Matt, your answer. I'm going to have to go with no as well. Uh, I think one of the key to The Simpsons is their ability to come up with new and interesting characters. I mean, that's that's not like... I would call it one of their core competencies uh, for all of those who the corporate speak out there. They could easily take somebody like Billy West if he wanted to be part of the show and make a new character that is kind of the same. Uh, like I said, you could, you could make him related to Trump and characters, but I think maybe make them an old rival that came back and now he's part of the cast. Like, oh, this person was the B-movie version of Troy McClure. Like, he he has the same thing. You might remember me from such blank, but they're even worse kind of thing. Like, he knew Troy McClure. He, he uh, you know, competed with Troy McClure and always lost to Troy McClure. A character like that. Someone – the Simpson writers are good enough that they come up with a new character if they wanted to that could rival Lionel Hutz. Even now. I, I believe that in my heart. And <laughs> revisiting a character like Lionel Hutz or Troy McClure would be great, but <sighs> – it just seems as easy, if not easier, to come up with something newer and better. I agree with you, I for the most part. Like I would say no, but and I agree they could make up new characters. I think that is people talk about Phil Hartman's departure and death as one of one of the jump the shark moments of the show. You know, of one of the things that like it's a a, a, a sign of like he he's gone so you lose those two characters and it contributed to the show kind of declining and i agree with that to a large extent because i think that those both those characters had a lot of time and effort put into them especially uh troy mcclure who had a lot of depth 
in the, you know season eight added to him, and then that character just kind of had to vanish because Phil Hartman passed. And I think, and I I think it's a thing they avoided because of money. They never they never had another guy or or woman who was that kind of like I don't don't no do not revive do not recast Troy McClure or Lionel Hutz, but like you said, make new characters that are like them that fulfill that same role. They, both those characters kind of are like in the same kind of niche of Springfield's identity. You know, Lionel Lionel Hutz is that shady lawyer scumbag. And the fact that he was so kind of omnipresent, he was in a lot of episodes and not always big parts, but he was always there sometimes in the corners or the backgrounds in episodes that he wasn't a big part of. And they helped give the show an identity and helped give Springfield an identity about what kind of town Springfield was and what kind of family the Simpsons were when they had to hire Lionel Hutz, you know, the cheap scumbag lawyer. That was the only one they could afford. Or when they were when Troy McClure was a version of a big movie star in Springfield, when he is actually <laughs> not a big movie star, when he is kind of washed up. And that says something about Springfield and it says something about the show. So I would say, yeah, definitely. I would say hire someone who has the chops of a Phil Hartman or, or has fills that same kind of every man role that he could do. And like, I think nowadays I would say uh, Andy Daly is would be the person I would pick. He, uh, I, I feel he most famously is on uh, the Comedy Central show Review. He's just, he's done stand up. He does tons of improv stuff. He does lots of podcasts. But I feel like he has that same kind of everyman quality where he can mold himself just a little bit to change his, to be a different, weird kind of bad person character, which was what basically Lionel Hutz and Troy McClure were, and. Any t any step along the way after Phil Hartman has passed, they could have chosen to. There's plenty of people they could have hired that could fill that role, but they never did it because they didn't want to pay another person that much money. I think that's and that's I think that's the long and short of it. Like that's why we see so we you see so like the guest stars kind of explode in the double digit seasons. Like every episode now has a guest star, celebrity guest star, and. You don't see as many. They're just starting to get back into having cast member, like supporting voice actors reoccur um, in like the past couple seasons. But in a long time, they just didn't hire anyone else because they just went to Hank Azaria or Dan Castellaneta is like or Harry Shearer. Here, do another random voice. And it never I don't think they never carved out the space for characters like Lionel Hutz or Troy McClure, which I think is a shame. But weird. I think they had a chance to do it, and they didn't. It cost too much money. Voice actors, I, I think that they could have replaced him, or not not even, like, replaced him. Hired a, another voice actor, or had another, quote-unquote, support guest. Like like we've said multiple times, Sewell Hartman, I consider him a regular cast member. He appeared so often. They often called him a guest cast member. He, I don't think of him like that. I thought of Phil Hartman as a regular cast Like, the 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 the... After the core family, he is the next one on that list to me. And they could have had another guy or or woman be in that spot. They chose not to. They chose to move on without having those additional characters. And I think it hurt the show. <sighs> I talked for a while there. Next week's question. What is your favorite guest character design? You know, not necessarily how well, how good the character was in total on the show, but how they look and 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 
how they were designed for their specific episodes. Think about it. I know you guys can do a good job. You always do. Post this question mm-hmm. on our social media, mm-hmm. facebook.com slash the Simpsons Show Pod, Twitter at Simpsons Show Pod. You can email us at Simpsons Show Pod at gmail.com. Matt, guess what time it is? Oh, oh, oh. It's time for the no Google trivia challenge. I am too smart. I am too smart. SMRT. I mean, SMART. The no Google trivia challenge is for Matt and I each challenge each other with three trivia questions one easy, one medium, one hard. Try and stump the other. We have a wager for the season. Whoever loses our little our contest must write and record themselves performing a Trestle Horror segment. Eight, seven minutes long or so, whatever. Uh, I'm losing to Matt, but it's only single digits, so I'm still in it. That's really all that. I'm only down uh, five points, which is good for me. You know, it's single digits. I'm, I feel like I'm still, I'm still in it. You're still in it. You can come back if you want to. I... No, it's nothing to do about desire, Matt. I don't, it's it's sheer it's sheer ability, and I just I can't rival that big brain of yours. Um, I'll start us off. I'll give you an easy question. Are you ready? I am ready, sir. These are all from the Auto Show. Oh, I love this episode. All right, get stretching. Your easy question is: Bart and Milhouse go to see what band in the Auto Show? I believe it is Spinal Tap. That is correct. All right. Are you ready for your easy question, sir? I guess so. All right. Which these are all from Principal Charming. All right. One of those interesting early ones. All right. Mm-hmm. Which of Homer's friends does he set Selma up with while Patty is with Principal Skinner? Homer sets uh, Selma up on a date with one of his friends. Which one? A Barney? You are correct. I, I don't remember that, I guess. But I, I, how, who else could it be? Like Mo? Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. I, I don't know what yeah. else the other... Okay, your medium question, Matthew. Milhouse's leather jacket costs how many Bazooka Joe comics? Oh, jeez. I'm going to go with 500. I'm sorry, Matt. It's 50,000. Oh, man. I was only off by two orders of magnitude. <laughs> <laughs> only that many. Yeah. All right. Your medium question. What is the herbicide Bart uses on the play field that Skinner later appropriates for his own desires? Oh, I've asked you this question. I know. And I can't. And I can't remember. Uh, I can. I can. It's it's something. It's like a it's sodium hydrochlorate. I'm sorry. It is sodium tetrasulfate, but you got the sodium part right. I know that's. I knew it was sodium something, but I couldn't remember the second part. That's, yeah. that's very hard. Okay, your hard question. Uh, Bart buys and wears a Spinal Tap Tour T-shirt. What are the four cities listed on the shirt? Oh God. Um, London, Paris, New York, Springfield. Sorry, Matt. It is London, Paris, Munich, Springfield? Oh. I don't get any points. Sorry, Matt. No points. You had to get them all. All right. I very carefully construct these questions. And, I, and, I, and uh, you know, I, I, I need all four. I need all four. All right. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Your hard question. What student do Principal Skinner and Patty see on their first date in the revolving restaurant? Oh, 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 oh. He remembers him very fondly. He's there. Oh, He's a server, right? Uh, like it's like basically squeaky voice teen. Um, do you need a full name? You need a first and last. I do. 
first and last. That's uh, that's not that's not gonna happen. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, it is Stephen Daimler. That's not right. I don't know. I don't know, Matt. I have no, no idea. No. What uh, is it? It is little Jimmy. Uh, he's actually kind of mumbles a little bit. Uh, I would have expected either little Jimmy Pearson or little Jimmy Peterson because he kind of just rushes through it. And I haven't looked at the subtitles in a long time. So it's, you know, it's Jimmy. It's either I would have expected either of those. Well, I got neither. So that there you go. Uh, Jimmy. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's that's we're we're we break even on this on this instance. I, I got no bonus questions for you for today. We can move on to our final segment. Segment in every single episode. With it's time for best episode ever. Best episode ever. Best episode ever is the part show where Matt and I rank the episodes categorically as we watch them chronologically, eventually compiling a list of every episode ever and how good they are. Um. So Matt, what do you say? All right. Well, I'm looking around and I'm trying to find an episode that's kind of like this one that's more on the funny, less on the, I don't know. Um. The pathos, let's say. Um, I'm trying to find a good spot for it. Hmm. So, okay. I'm looking at number 93 of Star is Burns. I actually started out with Homie the Clown, and I'm like, I think Homie the Clown is a better episode than this one, just in terms of all-around jokes. Uh, Homie the Clown makes me laugh more. It has a little bit of pathos. This one doesn't really. Uh, but then I'm, I'm looking down at like 93, A Star is Burns. I think this is better than that. So I'm thinking somewhere between 79 and 93. Just start us off with the range. Okay. All right. I, I, can, I, I can see that. Um, I think it's better than Homer Badman. I, hmm, I would say... All right. Is it better than the Springfield Connection? Springfield Connection. Which one is that one? Marge as a police lady. Oh, that's actually the one of the ones I, w- I was also considering because I'm like, really like that one because it's it's a Marge and an episode which we don't get enough of, in, in my humble opinion. And mm, it's tough. I really like the message that comes across and you know the, the family dynamics in that one. Um, I would have to say no. This is close. Like the, the sheer quantity of hilarity in this episode kind of comes close, but I really like the family interactions in the Springfield Connection. It really brings out who Homer is and who Marge is. Okay. I agree with you. Just throwing it out there. I, I think I am definitely think it's better than Homer Badman, which is number 92, uh, which I don't, I, I don't know. I, it could, you could, I, if it's not better than Springfield Connection, which is 89, I would, is it better than Homer versus Patty and Selma? Hmm. I would say no. That's kind of a. I would say no. I think Homer and vs. Patty and Selma has enough laughs and pathos in it to put it over the top mm-hmm. of this. But the next one after that, so that that, that leaves me the question: Is it better than the Homer they fall? That's close enough that I would accept either. I think it is a little better than that. I'm not sure. Like Homer they fall has okay. a really a lot of good mo stuff in it. You know, and that's yeah. true because in this one you get the guest star with Jim Varney, and that's great, but. I do prefer episodes that have more of our recurring characters and it's just, it's more fun to play with a character you you've seen more of. So I would, I could I, definitely see it going below that. I would put it right below Homer. They fall. I would put it right above Homer, bad man, right above the Homer. They fall. Is that, how's that sound? Number, like it. It'd be number 92. That is Bart. I can get behind that. Bart Carney, number 92 on our list, right below Homer. They fall right above Homer, bad man. Number one on our list is still Homer's Enemy, last on our list. Homer's Odyssey, 178. 
You know what our next episode is? <laughs> falling. It is falling. You know what our next episode is, Matt? Ooh, I don't. Why don't you tell me? Or do you want me to look it up? It is The Joy of Sect. Oh, yes. Yes. I'm so excited. Na 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 leader. Leader. Na 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 leader. Leader. Movementarianism. Leader. Leader. We'll be next week. Talk about it then. Uh, please, this list, everything on our website, thesimpsonshow.com. Links to uh, new episodes, downloadable streaming, links to our Facebook, to our Twitter, to our RSS feed, link to our Patreon if you want to throw the show a couple dollars. Really appreciate it. Very thankful for everyone who does. I think that's all there's. I, there might be other stuff there. Go to the website, you look at it. Um, I think that'll do it for us. You can find me on Twitter at Robbie Dorman. Check out my other podcast, The Handsome Boys Comics Hour. It's about comic books. Episode 200 coming up soon. And The Serial Fanaticist. It's about lots of stuff. Whatever I found interesting and want to talk about, really. And I hope you like it. Matt does not participate in social media unless a certain level of Patreon backer. You will not find him. Uh, that is true. I have decided that uh, the, the modern world has gotten to me far too much. Uh, so I have decided to uh, move upriver, uh, specifically the Ohio River. So if you need me, uh, just go to the top of the Ohio River, put a little paper boat in the water, and hopefully I will find it and not a creepy clown. Hopefully not a creepy clown. I think that is a sentence you can always add to any – you can add that to anything. <laughs> just hopefully, hopefully. Hopefully not a creepy clown. Uh, I'm Robbie. And I'm Matt. And keep watching this episode. Shh.